No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jeremiah prophesies against Philistia and Moab. Pharaoh will flood the land of the Philistines, and the Moabites will be cut down and shamed. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 47 on Simply the Bible. We are in a section of scripture where God pronounced judgment on the nations surrounding Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. This is a reminder that the Lord is the judge of the whole earth and everyone will ultimately give an account of themselves to him. We continue in Jeremiah chapter 47. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet against the Philistines before Pharaoh attacked Gaza. The Philistines migrated from Kaftor, the biblical name for Crete, and settled on the coastland adjacent to Judah. They were perennial enemies of Israel. Gaza was one of five prominent cities in Philistia. We don't know the year that Pharaoh attacked Gaza, but it was sometime before that that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, Behold, waters rise out of the north and shall be an overflowing flood. They shall overflow the land and all that is in it, the city and those who dwell within. Then the men shall cry and all the inhabitants of the land shall wail at the noise of the stamping hooves of his strong horses, at the rushing of his chariots, at the rumbling of his wheels. The fathers will not look back for their children lacking courage because of the day that comes to plunder all the Philistines, to cut off from Tyre and Sidon every helper who remains. For the Lord shall plunder the Philistines, the remnant of the country of Kaftor, baldness has come upon Gaza. Ashkelon is cut off with the remnant of their valley. How long will you cut yourself? And so the imagery here of a flooding river is used to speak of the overwhelming nature of the attack that would come from the north, namely from the Babylonians. At that time, it would be so overwhelming that grown men would cry and they would be terrified so terrified that fathers would not even look back for their children. God would cut off every hope of help from Tyre and Sidon, who were probably allies to the Philistines. And Ashkelon would be cut off. Now we know that Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Ashkelon, one of the five major cities, in 604 BC. Jeremiah says, how long will you cut yourselves? You see, it was a ritual of pagan cults to cut themselves to attract the attention of their gods. But you know what? Our Heavenly Father simply answers the cry of His children. We don't need to cut ourselves any more than my children had to cut themselves to get my attention. They just had to ask, maybe persistently, but they did just have to ask. Now, even as they are adults with children of their own, they just have to ask to get my attention and I'm willing to help. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Verse six, oh, you sword of the Lord, how long until you are quiet? Put yourself up into your scabbard, rest and be still. How can it be quiet seeing the Lord has given it a charge against Ashkelon and against the seashore? 
There he has appointed it. Jeremiah calls out to the sword of the Lord, how long until you are quiet? It it troubled him to see the destruction that would come upon the Philistines, even though they had been longstanding enemies of Israel. But the sword of the Lord could not be put away until it had fully accomplished its work of judgment. Thankfully, the sword that we should have received because of our sins came against Jesus when he was pierced in his side. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now when Jesus cried out from the cross and said with a loud voice, It is finished, then the sword of the Lord was also finished judging our sins. Now we can rest in Christ and be still, knowing that we are justified by our faith in him. Chapter 48, against Moab, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Woe to Nebo, for it is plundered. Kirjathaim is shamed and taken. The high stronghold is shamed and dismayed. No more praise of Moab in Heshbon. They have devised evil against her. Come and let us cut her off as a nation. You also shall be cut down, O madmen. The sword shall pursue you. A voice of crying shall be from Horoneum, plundering and great destruction. So now Jeremiah speaks against the nation of Moab. Moab was one of two sons of Lot, Abraham's nephew. The other was Ammon. And the Moabites settled on the east side of the Jordan River near the Dead Sea in what is now modern Jordan. Moab had a checkered history with Israel. There were no conflicts during the days of the patriarchs. But after the exodus, the king of Moab sent women into the camp of the Israelites who seduced the men into sexual immorality and the worship of Baal of Peor. From then on, the Moabites were often at war with Israel. But there was one woman from Moab who became part of the family of David and of Christ. Her name was Ruth, and she stands as an outstanding example of faith and loyalty. David subdued the Moabites so that they paid tribute to Israel through the reign of King Solomon. Now, Jeremiah pronounces judgment against the various Moabite cities. They would be cut down by the sword and plundered. Moab is destroyed. Her little ones have caused a cry to be heard. For in the ascent of Luhith, they ascend with continual weeping. For in the descent of Horonaim, The enemies have heard a cry of destruction. In all these places, the cries of anguish would be heard as their cities were destroyed by the Babylonians. Flee, save your lives, and be like the juniper in the wilderness. Their only hope would be to flee and save their lives. It would be as lonely and desolate as a juniper in the wilderness, but that would be preferable to dying by the sword. For because you have trusted in your works and your treasures, you also shall be taken, and Chemosh shall go forth into captivity, his priests and his princes together, and the plunderer shall come against every city, no one shall escape. The valley also shall perish, and the plain shall be destroyed, as the Lord has spoken. Notice here that the problem with the Moabites is that they had trusted in their own works and their own treasures, their wealth. Hey, both of those things are really lame things to trust in when judgment comes. Your works will not save you. 
Your self-righteousness will not save you. Your wealth and treasures cannot save you. Only the Lord can save you, and that's why we need to trust in Him. Now, they were guilty of the abominable worship of Chemosh, their god, which involved child sacrifice. Therefore, both they and their god, Chemosh, would go into captivity. Remember that when God brought judgment against these nations, he was also judging their false gods so that they would see that their gods in whom they trusted were worthless, that they might ultimately seek to worship Yahweh, the God of Israel. Verse 9, Give wings to Moab that she may flee and get away, for her cities shall be desolate without any to dwell in them. Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord deceitfully, and cursed is he who keeps back his sword from blood. Would some manage to escape with their lives? Perhaps that's the meaning of give wings to Moab that she may flee and get away. Now, Jeremiah said here, cursed is he who does the work of the Lord deceitfully. That's a good motto. We should have integrity in all that we do. Jesus told his disciples to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. But also the person who keeps back his sword from blood is cursed. Now, we have been given the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In our culture of political correctness, we may be tempted to hold the sword back and not openly declare the Word of God. But woe to us if we do that. I would much rather offend man than to offend God. The sword that the Lord has given to us is not to kill, but to wound the flesh so that the spirit may be saved. Moab has been at ease from his youth. He has settled on his dregs and has not been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor has he gone into captivity. Therefore, his taste remained in him and his scent has not changed. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I shall send him wine workers who will tip him over and empty his vessels and break the bottles. Moab shall be ashamed of Chemosh, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. So Moab had been at ease since her youth. She had never gone into captivity. She had never had such a disruption as that. And so Jeremiah likens them to being wine that had been left on the dregs. Now in making wine, first the grapes were stomped, Then the juice was placed into bottles or skins and allowed to ferment. During this time, the sediment or the dregs would settle to the bottom. After 40 days, the fermented wine would be carefully poured into another container to separate it from the dregs. And in this way, it would purify and clarify the wine. If the dregs were allowed to remain in the bottom, then the wine would spoil. So Moab had never felt the harsh reality of exile, so they were like unpoured wine, and their taste and aroma were sour. Now, we don't like it when God allows some disturber in our lives. We tend to want to settle and seek that which is comfortable, and then something will happen. We'll lose a job, or our wife or husband will leave us, or Somebody close to us will die, whatever. I mean, things can happen that will disrupt us, but God will allow circumstances to pour us out from one container to another. The purpose is to purify us and to make us taste and smell better, like Jesus. When we have the fruit and fragrance of Christ, then we will be the fine wine that pleases God. But this only comes by being poured out. 
Does that bother you? Remember that Christ was poured out on the cross for us. Now, Moab would be tipped over, emptied, and its vessel broken. This occurred in 581 BC when Nebuchadnezzar subdued Moab. How can you say we are mighty and strong men for the war? Moab is plundered and gone up from her cities. Her chosen young men have gone down to the slaughter, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. The calamity of Moab is near at hand, and his affliction comes quickly. Bemoan him, all you who are around him, and all you who know his name. Say how the strong staff is broken, the beautiful rod. O daughter inhabiting Dibon, come down from your glory and sit in thirst, for the plunderer of Moab has come against you. He has destroyed your strongholds. O inhabitant of Aurora, stand by the way and watch. Ask him who flees and her who escapes. Say, what has happened? Moab is shamed, for he is broken down. Wail and cry. Tell it in Arnon that Moab is plundered. Now, as we consider these words of judgment against the nations surrounding Israel, we might conclude that God delights in judgment, but that is not true. He delights in mercy. Judgment is his strange work. He only brings judgment as the last resort. Oh, that we would turn to him before it is too late, before that judgment must come. If we would pour out our hearts to him now, then he would not have to break us later. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see that the judgment is coming on Moab because of her pride, and the hearts of her mighty men will fail. But in latter days, God will bring back her captives. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible.